like to welcome a, a new guest to our worship team. You might have heard of him. Uh, he originally was uh, with uh, Brazil 66. Um, you know the girl from Ipanema? Sergio Mendes. No, it's not Mendes. No. <laughs> joining us today. Sergio is joining us today. So good to have you here. As you can tell, we joke around a lot. So <laughs> Hebrews 10, because what we're going to talk about is no joke today. Hebrews 10. When I say the word holy, what comes to mind? Holy. And I'm not talking W-H. Okay, righteousness, okay. Set apart, good. What else? Reverence, okay. Pure, very good. Lofty. Smoke. Like incense, okay. No. <laughs> Any other words come to mind? Now, when it comes to you being holy, what words come to mind? Every day. Need help. Lots of help. Oops. <laughs> Why does it change so drastically? The word's the same. What makes the difference? Huh? So God's perfect, we're not, we sin every day, so how can you be holy? Right? Is that what's going to our heads? Okay, so then you're holy. So why are you sinning every day? <laughs> you see what's happening here? Well, we're going to read about it. <laughs> because that is a constant struggle for us. We're always feeling like we're being beat down, not by God, but by ourselves. That we're missing the mark every day. I don't know about you, but that gets tiring. It gets tiring not being good enough for the kingdom. Or not being good enough, period, in anything. And you begin to beat yourself down and beat yourself down and beat yourself down until you realize, I am nothing. I, I, just, I don't care how much self-confidence you have. Pride goeth before a fall. You will fall, and your fall will be great. The more pride you have on yourself, sometimes the more depressed we get when we hit failure. <clears throat> so we have this, what, a big word that's called meta-narrative. We have a meta-narrative when it comes to our, wife, uh, our life. Our meta-narrative comes from the meta-narrative that we're going to read about here in Hebrews because there is that story that goes beyond. It's the big picture of how our life is going to be shaped. It's the big picture of how God views you when it comes to holiness. Because Jesus himself told his disciples, Be ye holy as God is holy. If Jesus said it, then we should be doing it. Because you can't say, oh, Jesus says, love your enemies as yourself, you know, love your neighbor as yourself, and love your enemies, and, you know, okay, okay, I can do that kind of stuff. Loving the enemies is a little harder, but I can still do that with agape. I can still choose to love my enemies. But be holy? 
Yeah. Yeah. When he says be, that's a command. It's command language. It's not, it's not a suggestion. You know? When he, whenever he says or starts with a word, like he says, love your neighbors, that word love is an action word. It's, not just a, it's just not a, uh, uh, an explanation of what love is. No, no, it's telling you to do. For God so loved the world. Because he loved the world, he did what? He sent his only begotten son. So love is an, it's a verb in a sense to move us forward. And in the same way, holiness is a verb to move us closer to be like God. One of the distinguishing characteristics of our society today is this whole thing of a, a rejection of meta narrative, a rejection of overall truth that should guide your life. Because now, here, especially in America, I don't know about if you knew this, I was just reading about this just the other day, but 65% of America doesn't believe in Jesus Christ. It's turned. It used to be the other way around. But in the, within the last five years, that has flipped. So what is the church doing? Yeah, that's a good question. So we're in this postmodern philosophy, which is a rejection of Christian mores, or Christian morals, if you will. And in doing that, that whole idea of holiness, because it was so hard to achieve on our own, has been put down as something that is not achievable, that isn't really even necessary in our society today. Because what it boils down to is our society is going back to the first lie that we find in Genesis, that you can be your own God. You can rule your own path. You can be good. Whatever's good for you is good. No, it doesn't give you to heaven, but that's the, that's the philosophy that's out there today. So how are we to be different? Someone said about holiness or being holy means to be set apart. How do, how do we do that? What makes us different? Well, let's take a look, first of all, what is holiness. So holiness, in the definition of the word, is the awe-inspiring perfection of God. Now think about this for a minute. When we think about God and his perfection, which means he is perfect even beyond what our definition of perfect is. So God has been before us, and he will be after us, meaning that he's eternal, which we, I don't know if you can actually comprehend that. He, he never was created. He has always existed. And he will never be uncreated. He will never die. So I don't know if we can wrap our head around that, for one. Just like eternity or, or space, I don't think we can wrap our head about around that. You know, I tell the story all the time. My, my dad said a long time ago, I was maybe eight or nine years old, and I got in trouble, and I had to sit outside. Yes, it's horrible. Otherwise, he would have beat me. Just go sit on the stoop. I said, oh. So I'm sitting out. Luckily, it was summer, and I looked up the skies, and I saw all the stars. And he says, I want you to think about God. All right. So I sat down. I looked at the stars, and I started, okay, where is God? And then I started thinking about the universe. And so I, I, I got in my little spaceship, my imaginary spaceship, and I went, pew, took off. 
And I went through our universe, you know, Jupiter's flying by, Uranus, well, maybe not Uranus, but, you know, the, the planet. Just trying to lighten it. I'm just being honest, just being real. So I'm flying by, all the stuff, and then I get to a wall somewhere way out there. No, I stopped because I had air brakes. And I stopped. And the wall went down and up and all as far as you can see. So I hit a button and my little drill thing came out the front. And I drilled a hole through the wall and I went through it. And it was just white. So I thought, hey, I'm in heaven. That's heaven. But it was just white. There was no buildings and no people and no angels. And I didn't see Jesus there and all that stuff. And so I, I did that for a while. Just white everywhere. And then I came out to another wall. I'm like, I wonder what's on the other side of this. Maybe that's heaven. And my little drill came out. And I went through it, and there were just more stars and planets and stuff. I'm like, what the hey? You can't, you, we cannot conceive or even understand the vastness of eternity. God has always been, he's, and he's always existed in holy character. What does that mean? He, there's no defect in his character. There is no limit to his power. There's no flaw in his thinking. He has never done every, anything evil, ma, uh, malevolent, or dark in his motives. He's never done anything that is contrary to his character of holiness. Now you can say, well, wait a minute, Pastor. God has commanded his people to go wipe out other people. That's right. Because of his holiness. Because they were unholy. And they had every opportunity to be holy. Why didn't he... Why didn't he wipe out the Ninevites? Even though he commanded his servant, Jonah, to go and tell him that he was going to destroy them. He had already made his mind up to destroy them. What changed? They repented. They turned. They believed. And with that repentance of their evilness and their evil ways, and repenting to receive God in his ways, he relented from his punishment. But all the nations that didn't received his punishment, even his own people, because God is fair and just. So he is holy, never did everything, anything wrong. Now, we understand how imperfect we are. If our God is so holy, then what kind of things does he create? Things that are perfect, that have no flaw. Things that are also holy. Any clue phones going off for you yet? If we believe in Jesus Christ, if we have been, what, born again, not by flesh, not by water, as Jesus told Nicodemus, but by the Spirit, who is God, which is holy, which is perfect, and you're born again in Him, then what does that say about you? You are holy. So when Jesus says, be holy as your Father is holy, He wasn't trying to do something that we cannot achieve. It's in you to achieve it. The question is, whose will will you follow? 
People or things which are holy have been set apart. That's the second term that we understand when it comes to holiness. We understand that when God created the Garden of Eden, it was holy. It was perfect. The lion laid down with the lamb. There was no violence there. There was no killing there. There was all kinds of fruit and things. In fact, when God told Adam to go out and till the, till the garden, he wasn't tilling weeds. There were no weeds. There were no thistles. They weren't invented yet. You know when they came in? After the fall. Before that, there was no work. Oh my gosh. Wouldn't that have been great? Adam. We have to work now because of the fall. It was not made to be that. We weren't made to do that. But we became that. Everything was perfect in the garden. Everything reflected His holiness. And when they sinned, when Adam and Eve sinned, they sinned against each other and God because they violated the command that God gave them not to eat of the tree of good and evil. And that's what sin is. Sin is the opposite of holiness. If holiness is perfection, sin is going against perfection. If holiness is the mark, sin is missing the mark, going against the mark, going the other way. So sin is the opposite of holiness. Look at it. Let's start with our, with our chapter here, starting in verse 1. For the law, since it was only a shadow of good things to come and not the very form of things, can never by the same sacrifices year by year, which they offer continually, make perfect those who draw near. Otherwise they would not have ceased to be offered, because the worshipers, having once been cleansed, would no longer have consciousness of sins. But in those sacrifices there is a reminder of sins year by year. For it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. Therefore, when he comes into the world, he says, Sacrifice and offerings thou hast not desired, but a body thou hast prepared for me. In whole burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin thou hast taken no pleasure. Then I said, Behold, I have come. In the roll of the book it is written of me to do the will, thy will, O God. After saying, Above sacrifices and offerings and whole burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, thou hast not desired, nor hast thou taken pleasure in them, which are offered according to the law. He then says, Behold, I have come to do thy will. He takes away the first order to establish the second. By this will, we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. So, the purpose of the Old Testament was to get us to be holy. So you would have to take a bull and all that kind of stuff once a year to sacrifice for your sins because you blew it that year. And it was a reminder that you blew it. If you're reading the book of Leviticus and in Deuteronomy, we find that there's more things. There's more law. And every time you break something of the law, every week you were supposed to go to the temple or to the synagogue an offering, a grain offering, or some kind of offering for the sins you committed that week. And then there were these festivals, seven of them, throughout the year 
where right before the festival starts, you're supposed to go to God and ask for forgiveness so you can enjoy the festival. That's a lot of reminders of your sin, don't you think? So you could never be holy. The law pointed out your sin every single day. And so you would go do your offering, and then on your way home, you would sin. Ah! I just sacrificed my choicest lamb. I got to do it again. That was the old system. Jesus comes and begins a new system. Holiness. Our God only creates holy things. We talked about that. So just like he ordained the holy priest to do the holy sacrifices, he provides a final sacrifice. Jesus' body, his blood, was sacrificed for you. I know I'm preaching to the choir right now. But some of us aren't getting it because tomorrow you're going to wake up and feel guilty for something. Or you're going to do something that you know you shouldn't be doing because you're not getting that you're holy. You're not letting the holiness reign in you. You're letting your flesh reign in you. And every time you let your flesh reign in you, you will sin and you will feel guilty. And you will go look for a sacrifice. It's the same cycle. You can live in holiness if you give up your will to the one who is holy in you. Let me reiterate that. If you give up the will, your will, of flesh, to the will of the Spirit who lives in you, you will live in holiness because the Spirit is holy in you. Not out there somewhere. Not when you come and you take communion once a month. Are you kidding me? Every day. Every day be ye holy. Why? Because you are a temple of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit should be in the temple all the time. Why is it not? No. 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 I don't know. Where do you where do you put him? Oh, Jesus, why don't you, like, go behind the altar right now? I got some business to take care of. Oh, Jesus, why don't you go? You know what? There, is there a restroom in here you can go borrow right now, Jesus? Because I got some stuff to do here in the temple that you probably don't want me to, you know. Oh, just ignore the guy behind the curtain. That's what we do. It's his house. You don't belong to you no more. You're his house. You wonder, you wonder why he's turning over money tables and stuff in your house? Because they don't belong there. It's not your house. That sin, that habit, that whatever, that you keep falling over and falling over, it doesn't belong in the house for you to fall over. So Jesus is going in, and he's grabbing that money table, and you're grabbing it back. Like, where are you going with that? 
It's my money. Uh, no, doesn't belong in here. Yeah. Are you getting it? That's what I'm talking about. We can live in holiness if we get rid of the stuff Jesus is pointing out that he wants to get rid of. Because it doesn't belong in there. And you got to let it go. I love, the, I love the let go commercials. Have you seen those? They're hilarious. There's this one, and, and the mom is holding a, a, a rocking chair, a little rock baby, like, right? And the tornado's coming. And she, they're already starting to fly into the tornado. And the daughter is down below holding the mom's leg, saying, Mom, I'm never going to use that. Well, you might have children. Mom, let's put it on let go. Takes a picture. Next thing you know, band comes flying in. Boom. We'll take it, you know. Like all this instant stuff happens. It's like that. We have to let go. We got to let go of those things. Because that's what keeps you in unholiness. That's what keeps you in guilt. That's what keeps you in self-mutilization, if you will. Mutilizing, you know, uh, uh, you know, murdering your spirit. Putting yourself down. That's not who you are. What does God see when he looks at you? What does he see? Tell me, what does he see when he looks at you? His favorite daughter? Are you being honest? Are you really being honest with me right now? A child of God? So when you wake up in the morning, that's what you say to yourself. Some days you say you're a child of God? Okay. Okay. Some days we just, you know, yeah, you, we want to eat worms and die. I understand that. Yeah, then there's days like that. Has God changed his mind about you on those days? No. What happened is that old man or woman living inside you decided to kick Jesus into the bathroom and lock the door. I'm going to have my temper tantrum. I'm going to have my fit right now in the temple. It's been at least three weeks since I've had a fit. Yeah, I deserve it. So Jesus, go take care of yourself over there and ignore all the, all the words and everything I'm just about to use. What? He's saying, I just want to hold you and love you and care for you and tell you how valuable you are to me. I want to pull you out of that mindset because that's not how I see you. You are more than a champion. You are a conqueror. Why? Because I've already conquered for you. Your job is just to come up and clean up the mess. Take the booty. Not that booty. Take the spoils, if you will. What is up with Pastor Ernie today, man? Seriously. <laughs> I haven't had breakfast this morning. That's the problem. There were a lot of sacrifices and things in the Old Testament that Jesus put down, put away. Don't keep going back to the sacrifices that are no longer in use anymore. There's no, no reason. Uh, let me give you a story. There's a, I started out as the associate pastor of a church, and in that, my job was to uh, take care of all the, the high schoolers and the junior hires, right? And so we would go to camp, 
couple times a year. And so we went to camp in the summer, and I was with 12 high school boys in a camp the first night, right? So I'm their counselor. And that first night is all about pushing the limits. That's what the first night's all about. And I don't know about you ladies, you probably don't understand this unless you've had a boy around that's of junior high, high school age, but they tend to make noises and not from their mouth. And so that was going on for a little bit. So I, I said, hey, it's past lights out. The next, if someone makes another sound, the whole cabin is going to be cleaning toilets tomorrow. So it was quiet for like a minute. All of a sudden, <laughs> All right. We're cleaning up the we're cleaning up toilets tomorrow. Yeah, right, yeah, right. Go to bed, go to sleep. So about an hour later, finally they go to sleep. The next day, we get up, I go see the director, the director gives me all the stuff I need. They come out, they're like, hey, we're gonna go to breakfast. Woo-hoo. No, no, no. Everybody else is going to breakfast. You're cleaning the toilets. Here's your bucket, here's your stuff. Okay? Start with the boys. That's the worst. <sighs> Dude, you, you, need, you need hazmat to go in there. When <laughs> that night, lights out. If I hear anything, not only will we do the toilets again, but we will also clean the dishes in the dining hall after breakfast, which you will not eat. Could hear a pin drop. When there's consequences, we change, right? Do you understand that the consequence for your sin, if you continue to sin after you receive the Holy Spirit, is that you lose freedom inside of you? You chain yourself. You do that. Jesus has a key, and he has to keep unlocking you all the time. But instead of enjoying the freedom that you have in holiness, you chain yourself to your sin. And Jesus wants you to go outside and play and do all kinds of stuff or enjoy him and hang out, whatever. He wants you to have peace and joy in your heart, but you're too busy chaining yourself to your sin and then complaining to God that you have these chains. What is wrong with you? What is wrong with me? Yeah, we are. We have, to, we have to allow him to take the chains off, throw them out, and not go looking for them again. Yeah, her find some new ones. Stay away from Home Depot. Every, oh, <laughs> all right, Lowe's. <laughs> Every time the slate was wiped clean, they sinned again. Can you relate to that? We're going to have a time of prayer at the, end of the, at the end of the service here, and you're going to have a chance to be wiped clean again. You're going to come before the Lord, asking to forgive you for all your junk, get rid of the stuff out of the temple, do all of that, and you can walk out of this place clean, free. But don't grab the stuff again on the way out. That's up to you. It's up to whose will will you choose to follow. God's perfect will for you or your own will. Because these sacrifices didn't last. 
Every year they had to keep going back. Every month they had to keep going back. All that. God's purpose for you was to create in you a new covenant of holiness. A once and for all payment that Jesus provided. That's what he wanted. And that's what he has for you. But you have to decide to live it. I hope this morning I'm not giving you kind of a a thing like, ah, you know, God's like, no, 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 it's the opposite. God is offering you freedom today. Freedom to live in a new way, (coughs) a new understanding of who you are. A new confidence, if you will. Because you don't have to be shackled down with the old stuff anymore. I know we have stuff. Don't get me wrong. This isn't a pie-in-the-sky thing. We have stuff that we have to deal with. But let's deal with it. Let God deal with you. Let him take that thing that you've had for 80 years or 60 years or 40 years or five minutes. It doesn't matter. Let him take that and run it through the holiness machine. And if it passes muster, keep it. If it doesn't, chuck it. Jettison it. It's not healthy for your spirit. I mean, you could, you, your spirit can look like a hoarder house if you wanted to. Boxes of old stuff that's been there forever and you know, rats running through there and all kinds of stuff. It's still the temple. It's just not going to get a whole lot of worship going on in there. It's got too much junk in it. You know? We've got to call 1-800-HOLY-SPIRIT to come in and clean it all out. Get rid of all those yeah, dead stuff. Holiness is both our status and our aim. Our aim. You are holy. Period. Your aim is to continue to be holy. To stay holy. To keep putting down the flesh and keep lifting up the spirit in your life. As, as the, apostle, um, the apostle Paul says, I set my mind on things above not the things of this earth. I forget what lies behind me and look forward to the higher calling that I have in God. What are you going to choose? You're going to choose your stuff or you're going to choose God's stuff? I don't know about you, but I have, if I had a choice of you know, purchasing things at Walmart versus purchasing things from the actual builder themselves, I would actually go to the builder because the builder would create custom stuff for me. (laughs) The builder, the creator, has custom stuff for you because your house is unique. It's got the same innards, but the outside is unique. That's why he uses us all in different kinds of ways in the church and in his church, the universal church, it's our status and our aim. In fact, he goes on to say this, starting at verse 11, and I'll finish up here. And every priest stands daily ministering and offering time after time the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. But he, having offered one sacrifice for sins for all time, sat down at the right hand of God waiting from that time onward until his enemies be made a footstool for his feet. For one by one, uh, for by one offering, he has perfected for all time those who are sanctified. And the Holy Spirit also bears witness to this, 
for after saying, this is the covenant that I will make with them. After those days, saith the Lord, I will put my laws upon their hearts and upon their mind, I will write them. And then he says, and their lawless and their sins and their lawless deeds, I will remember no more. Now, where there is forgiveness of these things, there is no longer any offering for sin. Why would you continue to bring an offering for something that's already been forgiven? It's over. It's over, church. You don't have to keep bringing an offering of forgiveness of your sins. Jesus paid for it. Your sins are for, you're, you're, it's been paid for. If you believe in your heart that Jesus saved you, done. Transfer, done, deed, written, covenant made. Done. Quit trying to take back your life. It's pointless. It's useless. It's, it, it won't fulfill you or give you purpose. The only thing that will do that is you allowing the will of God to now run the show. And if you allow the will of God to run your show, you can be holy and walk in holiness because you are holy. Yeah? I hope so. It will change the way you walk. It will change the way you react to others. It will change everything. That's our story. Our story is we have someone who has made a way for us to be with the Father because only things that are holy can be in heaven. There's no unholiness in heaven. So if we're going to be in heaven, we need to be holy. So he made you holy. But you've got to live in your holiness now. One day when we get to heaven, all our sin is done. I mean, the physical sin, we're going to have new bodies, we're going to have different minds, you know, all that kind of stuff. We're going to be perfect, totally perfect. But until then, we have to make that our aim, to walk every day in holiness. But with the power that lives within us, the one who is holy in us will empower us to do so. You will be given choices. First thing, even today, you'll be given choices when you leave this place. To do the holy thing or do the your thing. That's what happens when you hear the word of God. Stuff happens afterwards to see if you really heard it. To see if you're willing to do it. Because it always comes with action. I hope that today, as you walk out clean today, as you walk out holy today, as you walk out forgiven today, as you walk out perfect today, that you won't continue to go back to your imperfectness, but walk in his perfectness for you. Just grab hold of his hand and don't let go. In the spirit, grab hold of his hand and don't let go. Make right choices today because you will be given a choice and you will know, it'll be clear. God doesn't mess around. He makes it really clear. You can do this or you can do this. He doesn't give you 800 choices. Okay? Because he wants us to do the right thing and he knows we're but mere mortals. And so he just says, do this or this. I want to do this. Okay, so it's probably not what I want you to do. So <laughs> do this. You'll know. Make the right choice. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you so much how your story of holiness from the garden to Jesus to us 
is how we should live, how we should believe, how we should walk this, this road together. Lord, you say, for those who are not holy, they will not see the Lord. But when Christ returns, our holy God will once and for all dwell among his holy people in our holy place forever. Lord, may we truly walk in holiness today. Father, right now, I just want to pray for everybody. I just want to pray right now, Lord, in the quietness of this moment. If there's something in the temple that needs to be jettisoned so that you can have reign in their life, Lord, may they right now just hand that box over to you. Just give it to Take that chain, Lord, and put it up to your face and say, here, Lord, unlock me. Take this away. Take this sin, this habit, this way of thinking. Here's my will. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, in my life as it is in the throne room of God. Tell them what your stuff is right now.